Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything, even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. The Volume. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds in markets for the NBA, NHL, college, and so much more. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's super easy to use. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. I am Jason Timp. Happy Thursday, everybody. I hope all of you are having a good week so far. We had two amazing Game sixes that we are going to get into tonight. The Suns behind a 14 for 14 from the field performance from Chris Paul going to to New Orleans and close out the Pelicans. And then the Sixers shut everybody up by going up into Toronto and killing them on their home floor to close out the Raptors. We're going to get into both of those games 
as well as looking forward for all four of those teams, the Raptors and the Pelicans going into this offseason and what they should be addressing, as well as the Suns and the Sixers going into the second round and what they're going to be facing looking forward in this playoff run. But let's start with the Raptors-Sixers game. So I picked the Raptors in six, and I was very wrong about that. Um, I think, you know, the the specific things that I was looking at as reasons why Toronto would have a chance to win were not incorrect in a vacuum. Like, for instance, like, I do believe Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc Rivers. I do think that Toronto is the more athletic team and had the series taken a certain tone that they could have had more success there. Where I was very wrong, and the reason why I think my prediction went so off the rails, was Toronto's inability to score in the half court ended up directly affecting their defensive end of the floor and their ability to disrupt Harden and their ability to disrupt Joel Embiid. Obviously, Toronto, over the course of the last you know, half decade, has loaded up on wings, and they have a ton of athleticism, a ton of size, and there's a great deal of value in that. But one of the downsides there is almost all of those wings, as they came into Toronto weren't very polished offensively. Now, their player development has been excellent, and they've turned all of those wings into good enough offensive players to be a very good team. But there's another level to them being able to create on offense that is missing, and that ended up being what was the killing blow for Toronto in this series. They couldn't score when they were in the half court, and as a result, more often than not, Philly was attacking their defense when it wasn't set, and so as a result, they weren't as polished and you know tight with their rotations, and Philly was getting great shots. The shot quality throughout the whole series for Philly was better. You know, I had a, I have a coach here in Tucson, a high school coach that I coach with, and he uh, played a Division One basketball here in the U.S. and then he went overseas, I believe, to Italy for like seven or eight years to play professionally. Very, very smart basketball mind. Very good guard, six three kind of power guard. And, you know, he used to say to me when we were talking about our players on our team, he'd say, there are shooters and there are makers. And it's a, it was an interesting concept that I'd never really heard before in all my years playing basketball. But it's, it's it, you know, it's just semantics. It's just a phrase. But to me, it captures the difference between a person who is like unbelievably confident in their ability to shoot versus a person who can shoot. And when you start looking at the Toronto roster, you have Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet are what I would call makers. They are guys that, like, if you consistently leave them open, even if they miss a handful of shots, over the course of any sort of significant volume, they're going to make you pay for leaving them open. They are capable of knocking down shots, but they're also unbelievably confident in their shots. Whereas you'll see everyone else on the roster, all those guys like Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, they are capable shooters. Like if you leave them open, they've worked hard enough to where they're going to knock down a decent percentage of them. But as soon as they miss a few, the confidence goes out the window. And if you catch them on the right night, they'll be making everything because confidence is more attached to result for them than it is to the work and their actual ability to shoot the basketball. I thought the turning point of this game, especially in that third quarter, Philly basically just sagged off of everybody and let all those guys shoot. But the problem was, is simultaneously, I think Gary Trent Jr. was actually on the bench during that third quarter run. All five players on the floor were being left open on the perimeter, but none of them were truly confident 
in their ability to raise up and shoot. So the psychology of them laying off ended up really, really hurting them. And suddenly there was a lid on the basket. Then they started driving into guys that were already waiting for them in the paint and shooting really low percentage like floaters and push shots and contested you know, scooping layups and stuff around the rim, and they were missing everything. And next thing you know, Philly's making everything on the other end and the game is over. Now, I'll give you an example. Guys like Danny Green, George's Niang, Tobias Harris, I would even argue Tyrese Maxey falls into this group as well. Those guys are makers. Like, they are confident in their shot. If you leave them open consistently, they might miss a couple, but they're eventually going to get it going. It's kind of like the difference between playing in a pickup game versus playing in a full-length game. Like, when you go play pickup with your friends in a game to 10 or a game to 15 or whatever you play to, you might not have enough reps to get your rhythm. And if you happen to shoot poorly, you might get beat. But when you go play in your men's league and you've got, you know, two 20-minute halves of running clock, in that 40 minutes, you have time, if you're getting good shot quality, to get your rhythm. It's kind of like a, a way that you guys can relate it to when you guys play in your in your local runs. But for for guys like Tobias Harris, for guys like Danny Green, for for guys like George's Niang. Like, if they miss a shot and they're running back on defense, in their head they're thinking, oh, I can't wait to get another look like that because the next one's going in. And look in this game. Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, and Georges Niang went 11 for 23 from three. Damn near 50%. A lot of attention was being dedicated to James Harden. A lot of attention was being dedicated to Joel Embiid. They were getting great looks, and they were knocking them down because not only are they capable of making shots, but they are confident when they get those quality shots and they're going to knock them down. Conversely, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Thad Young, Chris Boucher, Precious Ashua, all guys that are capable of knocking down shots, those guys went 5 for 25 from 3. And they were all great looks. They were all dare, dare you to shoot type of shots. And they just couldn't knock them down. And so, one of the things that's going to be really interesting for Toronto looking forward, they've got enough wings now. They might need to look into getting more offense. When you've got what I just named off six guys that they were playing in their rotation tonight that were unbelievably good athletes and wings, it might be worth looking into moving a couple of them to try to get in more offensive firepower. A type of guy that I'd be looking at in terms of shot creation. Another guy who his shooting can be inconsistent, but what I'd be looking for is maybe see if you can poach Donovan Mitchell away from the Jazz this summer. We're going to do a video on the YouTube on the Utah Jazz here in the next couple of days as soon as their series is over. And when that happens, we'll dive a little bit further into what the machinations of that would actually look like. But you need to get a very, very confident athletic shot creator in this lineup to help make some of these shots easier for some of these Raptors players. And then you need to target one or two wings that maybe not that aren't as athletic, that aren't as you know capable of getting up and down the floor in Toronto's you know helter skelter system, but that are confident shooters, that are makers rather than shooters, guys that even if they miss a couple of open shots, they will consistently and confidently feel like they're going to knock them down over the course of any sort of large sample size. That's going to be the 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 big ask for Toronto this summer. You've you've shown that you can build. You know, a brick house of wings that is a royal pain in the ass to play against. But all of the best teams in the league have some combination of that and real confident offensive polish. So you need to bring some of that in. That needs to be there the next direction that that franchise heads in. Let's move on to James Harden. 
because James Harden and CP3, Harden definitely more so than CP3, but both of those guys have some ugly spots on their playoff resume. And both of them tonight, in hostile environments, in very important playoff games against teams that actually absolutely were threats to beat them, they were massive and did exactly what was necessary to lead their team to victory. So we have to give them some credit. Early in the game, James Harden was aggressive to the basket. Now, some of that was Toronto, I thought, came out really sloppy defensively to start the game. They were weirdly over-aggressive to Harden on the perimeter. Instead of making him make a couple of step-back jump shots that take Philly out of their offensive rhythm, they were kind of over-aggressive, and James was getting easy driving lanes. They weren't even really making him earn his trips into the paint, but as a result, it set a tone. And throughout the whole game, I thought James Harden did an amazing job of not forcing things. If he had the right matchup and he had the right space, he was aggressive to the rim. He was magnificent passing the basketball. I think he had 14 or 15 assists. During that stretch, we were talking about shooting earlier. During that stretch in the third quarter, when all of Toronto's shooters simultaneously got in their own heads, and suddenly all those shooters, not makers, were being dared to shoot, and none of them felt confident, and it appeared there was a lid on the rim. Meanwhile, on the other end, James Harden was orchestrating fantastic basketball, getting fantastic looks for really, really good shooters as well as himself. It was just a really impressive performance. Now, again, with James Harden, this is your favorite. This is a first-round series. The stakes will only get higher as we go further along this deal. We're going to run into a Miami team in the next round that's definitely going to be a little bit more confident going against you and is going to probably pay attention to this particular series and do some things that Nick Nurse didn't. Maybe dare you a little bit more to be more aggressive as a scorer and as a you know pull-up jump shooter and things along those lines. But to credit James Harden, because it, I don't think, again, we were, we're going to... You know, at some point in the next couple of days, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kyrie Irving and his little rant on on Twitter about the media. And I don't, I don't want to get into that because I'm going to save it for a, a later date. But, you know, one of the things that I think is very important in the media is criticism has to happen because it's authentic. And if I sit up here and only say nice things about people, now I'm a liar. And none of you guys are going to want to listen if I'm just up here, you know, telling you things that I don't even believe. But the flip side is, is you have to be fair. My thing is be critical, but be fair. And so in this situation, like for James Harden, a guy that has a nightmare of a playoff resume, he was a monster tonight and played incredibly well in a game that I had some money on FanDuel on the Raptors. I was actively rooting on the Raptors throughout the entire series. So like you got to give it to James Harden. He went up to Toronto with his own physical limitations as he's aging and he's losing a little bit of athleticism, he went in Toronto and and just orchestrated an amazing offensive game and led his team to a dominant victory. We got to give him some credit. Joel Embiid, you know, <laughs> I obviously he's incredible. He was monstrous again tonight. I get so frustrated watching him. There was a play and I think it was in the second quarter where he was posting up on Pascal Siakam. And he took a hard dribble into the middle and did this like massive like drop step with a hard elbow right into Pascal Siakam's chest. Pascal Siakam like buckles, but then kind of recovers and just goes with verticality. And Joel Embiid like throws up a lefty hook. And what have I been telling you guys? He flops like a jump shooter when he's trying to take layups. He takes like a lefty hook, kicks his legs up in the ground and just sprawls out on the floor. And then Toronto's running the other way and he gets up and is complaining at the refs. Literally nobody touched him on the play. It's just... I want so badly to like Joel Embiid because he does so many things that I personally respect. 
you know, as a basketball fan. And I just, it's, he's making it so hard for me to do that because of the fact that he just consistently does things that are objectively unlikable on the basketball court. That type of behavior is just unlikable. And like, I know Philly fans get very sensitive about that very particular topic. I know Joel Embiid himself is very sensitive about that, about that particular topic, but I, I just can't stand it. So looking forward to this Miami Heat series, it's going to be a little bit different on a couple of different fronts. I think Bam Adebayo presents somebody, and it'll be really interesting in the opening minutes of the series. Uh, can Bam Adebayo handle Joel Embiid in single coverage? Because if he can, that changes so much about the dynamic offensively for the Sixers. We talked earlier about guys capitalizing on attention to Joel Embiid and James Harden. In tonight's game, Maxi Harris, Green, and Niang, 11 for 23 from three. A lot of that is because they were getting fantastic looks. Well, if Bam Adebayo can handle Joel Embiid in single coverage at least well enough that they don't have to massively compromise their defense to get attention to, to Joel Embiid, then it could change the overall shot quality for what guys like Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris are getting. It could change the amount of free space that James Harden has to work with and make his life even more difficult. So that'll be interesting. Other side of the floor is where I really, really worry about Miami. And it's why I think Philly has a good chance to win this series. Not making a pick yet. We'll probably do so in our live show on Sunday. But what worries me is Toronto did a really nice job of taking Joel Embiid outside, at least in games four and game five, and driving the ball on him and taking advantage of his lack of foot speed. What worries me is Miami in particular, they don't have a ton of guys that drive to the basket hard. P.J. Tucker is not a slasher. Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson are more movement shooters, although Tyler Harrow has a little bit of a basket attacking game. You know, Kyle Lowry is more methodical and he's kind of dealing with some injuries right now. Jimmy Butler is their only real like kind of like take you out to the perimeter and use my foot speed to beat you to the basket type of guy. Victor Oladipo a little bit as well. But like they, they definitely don't have the same type of you know slashing foot speed that Toronto does. In addition to that, Bam Adebayo, I know he's capable as a jump shooter, but he definitely falls into that shooter, not maker category. He's definitely the kind of guy that if you dare him to shoot and he misses a couple, he'll get in his head and then suddenly he won't even want to take them anymore. And so Joel Embiid, in that role on Bam Adebayo, if he is able to drop all series, drop coverage in pick and rolls, and drop into the basket and help when Bam is not involved in pick and roll actions and doesn't have the basketball, that could change the dynamic of the shot quality for Miami. It buys potential for guys like Maxi and Tobias Harris and George Niang and, and James Harden and all of the role players, Danny Green, all the role players for Philly to be more aggressive on the perimeter and push up on shooters because they don't have to worry as Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warm weather brings many outdoor activities. Happy hours after work, weekend hikes, pool parties, and family barbecues. With all that time spent in the sun, we're often not thinking about what it's doing to our hair. 
Those rays can seriously affect your scalp and hair, making right now the perfect time to start taking Nutrafol to help keep your hair healthy this summer. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Thinning hair is different for men and women, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your biology, life stage, and lifestyle factors. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Get results you can run your fingers through. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T. R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code HOOPS. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. It's something that I've always been a big believer in. When Usually when you try to take on a project that you don't know how to do, it ends up just being a bigger headache as you try to learn and then you end up making mistakes and it ends up just not being worth it. Not only can a professional get the job done more efficiently, but you're also supporting local businesses in your area. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience, combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. Angie has cost guides to tell you what others have paid for similar projects both nationally and in your area. The app is free and easy to use. We all know the difficulties that can come with home projects. Angie makes tackling your project as simple as possible from start to finish. Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Are you renting? Even renters can come to Angie for moving installations and cleaning. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. It's much about getting beat to the basket because Joel Embiid has their back. It's going to be a super interesting dynamic. I want to dive into a bunch more film. And then after I get into the film, make a pick probably on Sunday, like I said. But that's going to be a very, very interesting series. All right, let's move on to the Suns. So again, Chris Paul, another another guy that has a little bit more of a spotty playoff resume. His his resume is very hot and cold. Like unbelievably massive performances on a bunch of different stages, but then some, you know, pretty amazing collapses too along the way. Another guy that has an iffy playoff resume, but he, you know, I have a lot more confidence in him in big moments than I do in James Harden, and it's a big reason why I picked Phoenix to win this series despite the Devin Booker injury. And you know, I think it was game two, right, when Devin Booker went down. And when he went down, you know, I knew it would be difficult, but I was thinking if Chris Paul could just float the ship long enough for Devin Booker to get back, 
that could be the difference in this Suns team going on a run and not going on a run. Because obviously, without their best player, there's all this potential for them to get beat if they run into the wrong matchup. Well, it turns out that the Pelicans are a pretty difficult matchup for the Suns on a bunch of different levels. Their length and athleticism really bothered Chris Paul at certain points in the series in pick and roll. You know, Devin Booker had a lot of success early in the series before he got hurt. It's really hard to tell how that would have gone over the course of the series. Made a lot of big shots tonight. But again, I'm really curious to see how his hamstring holds up in the long run. But I want to give Chris Paul a ton of credit because here's the deal. You know, not everything goes your way. And sometimes you have a disastrous outcome and then you work incredibly hard to get back to the mountaintop and bad luck hits you along the way. It's kind of like LeBron in 2012. You lose in 2011 in this disastrous collapse in the NBA Finals. In the summer, you start working with Hakeem Olajuwon. You clearly take a definitive leap as a basketball player. You're the MVP of the league the next season. Everything looks great. And then Chris Bosh pulls his abdominal muscle in the series against the Pacers. And simultaneously, Dwayne Wade's knee starts to give you issues. And now you're in some trouble. And now you're... I think they were down two games to one in the Indiana series and things were looking really, really rough. And at multiple points, game four, obviously you got a big game from D Wade in that game as well, but LeBron was a monster in game four. And then you guys remember the Boston Celtics series, which Bosch Bosch missed most of. They were down 3-2 in that series as well. And LeBron had to overcome that. LeBron had to float the team, essentially, for long enough for D Wade to have his little moments of significant impact and for Chris Bosch to get healthy. And as a result, he was rewarded with the trophy. Well, a similar thing basically happened to Chris Paul here. Imagine, you know, getting within two wins of a, of a championship, the championship you've wanted your entire life. And then you come back into the next season and have a monstrous season where you play incredibly well. And your team is the definitive number one seed. You seem to have, you know, you seem to be poised to undo the damage of last year's NBA Finals. And then your compatriot, your your teammate, Devin Booker, goes down with a hamstring strain in a first-round series. That's incredibly discouraging. And to Chris Paul's credit, he just put the team on his back. And he, and he carried them through this stretch long enough for Devin Booker to get back on the court. 14 for 14 in a game that the Pelicans... In the game that the Suns won by four points, they needed every last one of those baskets from Chris Paul. Continued to be aggressive in that fourth quarter, making decisions and getting to his mid-range jump shot. Just, I tell you, like if he ends up getting a title this year, that's the game you need to look back at. Game six against the Pelicans, 14 for 14, avoiding that game seven. Who knows what happens in a game seven, especially if Devin Booker with with his hamstring, which obviously there's a bunch of risk of re-injury there as well. Just salute to Chris Paul, another magnificent performance to add to his playoff resume. Looking forward for the, let's start with the Suns. What concerns me is the matchup. So the Pelicans unquestionably caused issues for the Suns in a couple of different areas of the game. Their length and athleticism on defense bothered them in a lot of ways. Their ability to make tough shots bothered them in a lot of ways. Their uh, offensive rebounding bothered them in a lot of ways. There was a bunch of like little elements to this matchup that caused Phoenix problems. And what concerns me is we talked a little bit last night about a potential matchup with the Boston Celtics. And Carson was asking me, you know, are you still picking the Celtics? If so, who do you think is most likely to beat them? 
And one of the big reasons why I think I've re- I've kind of flip-flopped coming into this playoff run, I had Phoenix as a tier on the tier one by themselves and then Boston and a couple other teams on tier two. Well, now I'm flipping that and I'm putting Boston in a tier by themselves in, <coughs> excuse me, and Phoenix in a tier right below them. And a huge part of that is Boston does a lot of what New Orleans does a lot better. And I think their defense is going to cause the Suns a lot of problems in the same way that the Pelicans did. And I think they're just a better version of New Orleans. And I think it's going to be really, really difficult for Phoenix to overcome that. Now, there's a bunch of different things that can swing that matchup. Devin Booker getting back to 100% can make a big difference. Like if Devin Booker is 100%, no holds bar, 42 minutes tonight, maybe it's not as close there in New Orleans, right? So there's other details there that are up in the air, but so much can change over the course of the next you know month that it's hard to say what things are going to look like in the NBA Finals. But just strictly from a matchup standpoint, Phoenix struggled with length and athleticism in the series. Boston is a longer and more athletic version of the New Orleans Pelicans. So that's a that's going to be an interesting element to look at. I would still pick the Celtics as of right now as my championship favorite. Now, looking at the Pelicans, this gets this is a really interesting question in my opinion because you know, as a Pelicans fan, these kinds of runs are what you live for. It's that that it feels like you're at the beginning of something great, right? And I think we have to give some credit to David Griffin, just like I was talking about criticism and being fair. You know, we've all been super critical of David Griffin for good reason. He made some moves that were genuinely confounding on a bunch of different levels over the course of the last couple of years. But you hit on a handful of inexpensive players and it could change the course of your franchise. This is the advantage of having really, really smart people in your front office and in your scouting department. You find a Herb Jones. You find a Trey Murphy. You find a Jose Alvarado. You find guys like that inexpensive on the fringes of the scouting sphere of basketball players, all of a sudden you find two really good 3 and D wings that are freakishly athletic and cause a lot of problems for a bunch of players and a bulldog of a guard in Jose Alvarado that brings a bunch... I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to even put together all the different ways that Jose Alvarado impacts the game of basketball. But you find you hit three guys there on the fringes and it can make up for two or three years of mistakes in general management. So the curious thing to me with the Pelicans is what do you do with Zion Williamson? I love the C.J. McCollum fit with Brandon Ingram. I love the two of them as your primary perimeter initiators. Ideally, you have the two of them and two freaky athletic wings, and then you have Zion at the five. The trouble is Zion struggles as a traditional backline defender. What I would do... Now, a lot of NBA teams are obsessed with tradition, so my guess is, is that they'll continue to try to fit Zion in as a four. But what I would do is ditch some of these traditional ideas of how to construct a defense. Don't think of it as Zion playing the five. Think of it rather as doing kind of a Boston Celtics-esque, we are switching everything, and we just have four wings and C.J. McCollum. You can get away with playing you know, Brandon Ingram alongside guys like Trey Murphy and Herb Jones and, and Zion Williamson. <clears throat> You get four freak athletes that can cover a ton of ground. CJ McCollum's not a freak athlete, but the aggregate size and speed and athleticism of that lineup would be really, really good. That would be the direction that I would go. Just continue to load up on wings and prioritize trying to play a, a more modern style. Rather, than, And then, then you have a guy like Jonas Valanciunas for a different look, for a more traditional look. Jonas Valanciunas in this series, even though he was dominant on the offensive glass and had some battles against DeAndre Ayton that he won, 
I was throughout the entire series telling you guys that in the aggregate, I didn't love the fit. I thought he hurt their foot speed in transition. I thought he was clogging the the paint a lot of the time. I think there are, you know, there's, everyone's always terrified to go small because of all the things that you lose, but they never properly factor in all the things that you gain. And in this case, you gain spacing, you gain can you imagine Zion Williamson attacking the rim with Trey Murphy in one corner and 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 Herb Jones in the other corner and CJ McCollum and Brandon Brandon Ingram up on the wings? That guy is going to destroy NBA defenses in that type of setting. Now, do you give ground on the defensive end that you might have to learn in the long run? Yes. It took the Celtics half the season to figure out their switching and get that uh, dialed in enough to be truly effective. So you have to buy into that long-term vision, be willing to take some bumps and bruises along the way, try to fit Zion Williamson into this mix and see if, because he, he kind of has a very complimentary skill set to what Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum do, uh, do together. Plus, a huge part of like, compensating for a lack of size is gang rebounding, right? Crashing from the perimeter. We talked about this last night. If you got Draymond Green inside boxing people out, you have to have a size and athleticism on the wing to come flying in to grab rebounds. There's so much athleticism in that lineup that you might be able to compensate for that even more so than you could with a guy like Jonas Valanciunas on the floor. So that'll be an interesting dynamic as they as they go into this summer. What are they? What's the idea of this existing construct adding Zion Williamson? Or there's even a case to be made that he should be traded, which I'm not going to get into right now. Maybe we can get into that this offseason. But very, very exciting future for the Pelicans. They have a ton of talent. I'm really, really interested to see what they can accomplish here over the course of the next couple of years. All right, that is all I have for tonight. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support. We may or may not have something on Jazz Mavs tomorrow morning. I will let you guys know. Either way, we have Friday night and Saturday night off Sunday, we will be back. The second round begins that day. An incredible matchup between the Bucks and the Celtics. We will get into all those details in Sunday night's show. Again, as always, I sincerely appreciate you guys supporting the show, and I will see you in a couple of days. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.